specialty programming, and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon. That's BICRadio.org, your online home for the best of what's next. La la la, I love to ride my bike so I can feel the wind, feel the wind through my hair. Hey kid, wear a helmet! No way, Grandpa, because then I'd look like an idiot. The majority of bicycle deaths are due to head injuries. Helmets reduce the odds of a head injury by 50%. Don't be a dummy. Wear a helmet. Welcome to Share the Rock. Two college buddies talk basketball and think they know more than they actually do. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on DIC Radio, starting right now. DIC Radio, Share the Rock, back live and in studio. Liam Spellman, Lucas Trafet. Liam, how are you? Good. I love that uh, intro every time. It gets me hype every time, you know, waking up late on a Sunday, and now now I'm fully awake. Yep. Right. So uh, thank you to uh, New York Take a Walk for a great show last hour, and we're going to look to keep the ball rolling for you guys this hour with your Sunday basketball, Phil. So here we go. So, Liam, I want to start with uh, some big news out of the NBA this past week. Uh, they actually, you know, the league mandated a vaccine, which, you know, or no, sorry, excuse me, did not mandate a vaccine for its players, which is something I was a little surprised about, you know, considering the NBA's, uh, you know, over the course of its history, a liberal kind of forward-moving league, you know, looking ahead type of thing. So I kind of sort of expected the league to say players, refs, coaches, all vaccinated, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, I was very surprised, I would say, because if they're going to require the refs, the players, refs, personnel, coaches, everyone but the players, right? I mean, that that doesn't that's not fair. Like, what? I, I don't understand that at all. If you're going to require everyone, you might as well do everyone, not not just like three fourths of the league. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And um, you know, one question we were, you know, as we were thinking about this this past week, was why would, as as you said, why would they require vaccination for the refs and coaches, but but not the players? I mean, the players are the ones breathing hard, running up and down the court, you know, and they're kind of like the faces of, you know, when you when you turn on the TV, you, you see the players mostly, and you know that sends, in, you know, not to get too political here, but I, I personally think everybody should be vaccinated at this point. So I think that those players should send a message to, you know, young generations, the fans, whatever, just to be vaccinated. Yeah. So I think it sends a bad message. I think they. Yeah, I mean, I would agree, but I think the majority, I think we had a stat here that over 85% of the players are already fully vaccinated. So that's, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. But again, that 15%, like, I, I just, I won't understand the reasoning behind it. Like, they're they're the main guys that there's, it's the NBA, it's a players league, right. and they're not going to acquire, I, I just doesn't, I don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, a point, a point I kind of had, uh, you know, after that is uh, if normal employees throughout the country, just in normal businesses, like, you know, not even not, not even sports related, just whether it be a store or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, grocery store, small business. If those employers are requiring their employees to be vaccinated to come into work, why should we hold players to a different standard? I mean, it's it's just the same thing. Obviously, they're performing in front of millions of people, but they're still coming into work, you know putting other people at risk so i don't know if i don't know if you have a comment any comment on that but. yeah i think players players have a lot of free will they can kind of do what they want without any yeah like i don't know if judgment's right word, but they they kind of like like i said they rule the league like i think the nfl is more of like an owner's league exactly they, oh, absolutely. maybe the nba is more the players league and then mlb's more just mlb is kind of like just just a just the owners league. I don't know managers, but yeah, like but yeah. like the NFL, like you know, you very rarely will you see a, like a kind of the players run that league. It's all owners, but the NBA is you. You hear all the news like the players' association, like they're doing this, they're doing that. It's all the, the what the players want is usually what they get, and I, I, like again, eighty five percent of the league is fully vaccinated. But again, if your your job, like if you require it, I, I just never understand. You're talking. You want that team atmosphere. You want to have everything fair, and you're going to require. The refs, the coaches, everyone else but the players. Like it's, it doesn't seem fair to me. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And um, a quick a quick stat I wanted to throw in just to this uh, this ongoing conversation is that eighty five percent of players are already vaccinated. So regardless of what regardless of what the NBA is saying, these players are showing a willingness to 
go out and frankly do the right thing, you know? And yeah. 85%, that's a pretty big number. And, uh, and uh, off the top of my head, I don't know if the NFL has reached that number. I know, I, I know. I don't think so. I think that the Falcons were the first team to announce that they've reached 100% vaccination, but I, I haven't really seen many, too many of those headlines. I mean, I'm hoping to see more. I think more. it's like one or two teams that usually are. Right, one, one, one or two teams. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, overall just with this, I'm just hoping that, players do the sensible thing because you know we've you know Liam you and I we watch NBA like you know every day practically throughout the season yeah. and we've seen what happens when you know teams don't get vaccinated and games are shut down exactly I mean you see it um I'm a Red Sox fan so in terms obviously NBA is not in season so right. in terms of the season like NFL's are, week one they, they did pretty well like I didn't really hear a lot of COVID news MLB I'm a big Red Sox fan and they they had like 20 people that were on COVID, like Chris Sale, all like big name right. guys, JD Martinez, all these big guys are getting COVID, and it's just like again, you you don't have like I should be able, you feel like you should be able to kind of pick what you want, like well, uh, I, I don't know, it's yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a top, it's a tough topic to talk about. It's a tough one. Um, I just think that I don't know. In in, in my estimation, COVID doesn't really care about. Your politics, your religion, your views on whatever, it just cares on if it has a host to kind of jump to. So, I mean, that, while that, does, might, that might sound a little bit like a pessimistic view, it's, I just think it's the truth. And, uh, you know, I, as a fan, an honest to God fan, obviously go Knicks all, all the way, but, <laughs> but as a basketball, you know, lover, watcher, like, I want to see these players play. Even if I'm not watching the Knicks, I want to see, like, Steph Curry, Trey Young, Giannis, you know, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, like, all, all these guys, like, my, who I like watching, like, if they're not playing, then what is there to do, you know? Yeah. So I think that's another point. These players have to consider, like, you know, not just their own checks, but just keeping the league strong. I think, yeah, I, th- I, no, I totally agree. I think another interesting point, because um, we talked about, like, kind of, like, like players could have took initiative, like like Le- LeBron. Exactly. LeBron is the face of the NBA, even though Giannis just won it all. And Oh, let's be honest, LeBron yeah, is the LeBron, face. Of, yeah. LeBron is the face. He's been the face since he was 18 years old, pretty much. Exactly. Um, so we talked about how kind of LeBron – LeBron's got that influence. Kind of, I feel like Chris Paul's another guy like that. I think he lead, he's the president of the Players Association. So I, I think stepping down after this year, but currently, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, you're right. Yeah, he has been. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the, those guys are really vocal. Right. And uh, something something interesting that we talked about. Um, well, in terms of LeBron, I remember when they were talking about the All Star Game last year. Um, it was during COVID. Kind of COVID rates were a little bit kind of fluctuating in the league, and they didn't know if they were going to have an All Star Game last year. Right. I remember LeBron was very vocal, saying, "I'm not interested. I'm, I have no energy. I don't want to do it because the the, the players weren't even seeing their families at all. And then they're going to go to Atlanta. I forget where the All Star Game was last year, but they they went and played in this game, but all the players didn't want to. And I remember Giannis. It was, it was a funny interview. Giannis was um, talking about like how he wasn't really interested at all in the All Star Game as well, and he was like. Well, whatever the big dog says, like we'll follow it in terms of LeBron. <laughs> and I love type of stuff like that. Like I love when yeah. other players, yeah. especially of Giannis' stature, recognize LeBron. Like it's that's kind of cool. But again, like guys like that could have took initiative and kind of take control of of this topic. Exactly, and uh, you know it's just it's funny they mention that because you know Giannis, fresh off of a championship, <laughs> fresh off of a Finals MVP, and uh, he didn't win regular season MVP this year, but uh, Jokic did. But uh, fresh off of being at the top of the world, and he's still willing to acknowledge the truth, which is LeBron James. Uh, I'd say he's the face of basketball, personally, right? Right, the face. He, of the, he has to be. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the face of the sport. I mean, even people who don't, you know watch basketball like you and I know who that is yeah it's like, like it's like LeBron and Curry because like everyone knows Curry everyone knows Curry yeah, yeah th- those two so I, I I definitely respect Giannis for be willing to admit like yeah you know I'm I'm here I'm at the top but I haven't reached the heights that LeBron has yet yeah so right um so just want to transition a, uh, a slight bit here but just back to uh some COVID regulations as well uh so the Nets Knicks and Warriors will all be actually Fully required to be vaccinated due to local regulations in uh, New York City and San Francisco, I believe. I'm not sure if Los Angeles is doing the same thing, but I wouldn't. I'd be pretty shocked if they weren't. I mean, California usually, when they make laws and regulations, they do it uh, as a state, you know, because obviously it's overwhelmingly liberal and blue and democratic there. So um, I'd be surprised. But uh, anyway, so the uh, the Nets, Knicks, and Warriors all be required. Um, so I just wanted to th- know, Liam, uh, do you think that it's fair to the rest of the league to say? You know these three, which I might add, three of the mar- the marquee franchises in the NBA right now—the Nets, Knicks, and Warriors. Is it fair to say they be vaccinated, and you know maybe twenty-seven out of the other thirty teams, or however many, are are not vaccinated? Is that a fair proposition? 
Um, is in terms of what? So it's a fair proposition that that they require. Not, like like so, if you're coming into town to play, like I'm saying, if you're coming into town to play the Knicks or the Nets, or you go to go out to California to play yeah. the Warriors, they're all vaccinated, but the other team isn't. So you're kind of putting other people at risk. Is yeah, that- that, that's another tough topic. I mean, the whole conversation is a tough topic, but I think I I do think that teams kind of should have their own opinion on what should do like like you talked about how the uh, couple teams are fully vaccinated yeah um and i think you should be able to tell your like again like it's it's tough to not like political and stuff like that all this stuff but like that's we're always like free will you should be able to make your own opinion stuff like that that's where i kind of more lead lead towards but i get the whole thing with if the like if the refs the refs are on top like the players you have all you have 10 guys playing at once and then you have the refs and, oh. But the refs are vaccinated and the players aren't. Again, they're the ones running up and down. This whole thing is it makes my head spin and it's, it's <laughs> it very does. confusing. And it's it's tough to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know I like how you said it's tough not to get political because you know, you know with with this and you know the way the country has been kind of split and kind of going off into two different divides the past few years. It's like it's very easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole of politics and fake information and stuff like that, but. Uh, the NBA, you know, to its credit, has uh, I will always stand by this, unless you know, just until they do something messed up. But as of today, they have been the most socially aware and forward-thinking league by far. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I understand the NFL gets more views and more fandom, maybe, but they don't even come. The NFL does not come close to the NBA. Factually speaking, they don't come close in terms of uh, smart decision making. Uh, you know, being on top and uh, out, out in front of things, you know, whether it be the Black Matter, Black Lives Matter movement or, or, or you know, the Colin Kaepernick situation or anything else. Yeah. The, the, the NBA has been the golden standard. I'm actually very glad you brought that up. I yeah. think the NBA and the WNBA a lot. I think right. the WNBA was probably the most vocal. They, they, Absolutely. They were, I mean, the, the WNBA is very good. Like, the person that comes to mind is Maya Moore, how mm-hmm. just, all the social justice stuff, how she thought someone was... Uh, unfairly accused, and then she took off basketball. Like the WNBA has, been, like if you look to that league as someone that's like, oh wow, they actually like they, they're more than athletes. They they try to get make social change, whether it be for the they want to make it for the good. And the WNBA was really good. The NBA is good. NFL is a little sus. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, MLB because MLB is kind of like the the, the downfall of the three because they're it's like the NBA and NFL. I feel like in terms of popularity. kind of popularity and viewers. Yep. Uh, but the NFL should should be the number they, like they like you said they get the most views, yeah by far. But the NBA does get they make the most change. I have to say, yeah, and they also think the smartest. I mean, the NFL like uh, I, I don't like not to deep take you know this is a basketball show, so not to dive too deep into football. But they did clearly push Kaepernick out of the league, which is just not something. And then you you look at the parallel to the NBA, and Adam Silver kicked Donald Sterling out right away. It just, just. I mean, I know it's not the same situation, but you know, race lines, stuff like that. I mean, the NBA was showed right there. You know what? We don't stand for this. Yeah. And the NFL was like, all right, well, somebody wants to sit out. What do you do? Blackball them, basically. Yeah. So Adam Silver, he's yeah. Uh, what year is this? Uh, he stepped in after. So David Stern stepped down after the 2013 draft. So this is his. He's going on his eighth year as commissioner. Is it really? Yeah, wow. yeah. It's so. Yeah, he's he's been. Unbelievable. He's done a very good job. Very good job. And, uh, you know, he's just continued. Stern was all right. Adam Silver is unbelievable. Well, I think David Stern was very good. We, we only knew him yeah. at the end of his kind of his commissioner. Right, like, right. Because he started in like 1984. Yeah. And he kind of, because that was like the golden age. Because that was, that was Jordan's draft. That was King's <laughs> draft. Like he kind of started that. But yep. yeah, Adam Silver's done a great job in the NBA and WMA in particular have been strong advocates for, for kind of Black Lives Matter and all and just social justice. Right. And one last quick thing before we have to, have to head to a break here on VIC. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I know I'm not going to put the blame on this uh, no vaccine mandate on silver because it was a decision reached to by, uh, it was like a joint decision between the uh, Players Association and the players. So it's not like silver is being lax about it. I think I think silver's for it from a headline I read. But um, I'm just I'm just surprised that because on ESPN it said it was a non-starter to have a vaccine mandate, which is... I was shocked, honestly, to, to, to see that. I was shocked to see the players, you know, just to go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with the precedent it sets. I was just shocked to see the players not be more on top of it. I was shocked to see the players be little, you know, no mandate. I mean, so I'm not, this isn't Silver's fault, you know, just 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 to anyone out there. I don't I don't think this is a bad look for him because, again, it's he had virtually nothing to do with this. So, 
All righty. So that about wraps up that vaccine conversation. You know, obviously a lot of different opinions. Uh, make sure to get yours in, you know, wherever, uh, on the show or not. Uh, you know, it, don't get too political, but if you do, no no roasting allowed. Uh, we're going to head to a quick break right here on VIC, but don't go anywhere. Liam and I are going to debate the in-season tournament, more breaking news right out of the National Basketball Association on VIC Radio. We have an app. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings, it's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today. I'm getting a catcher's mitt. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool block skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. You are listening to VIC Radio, the only radio station that can teach robots how to love. The best of what's next. Do you love listening to us and want to keep up to date on all things VIC? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at VIC Radio. Share the Rock, VIC Radio. Liam Spellman, Luke Chaffet, right back for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right back in it. So, uh, you know, NBA has been, uh, you know, we are in the off season, but it has been uh, quite a whirlwind in the past week of news, to say the least. And um, we're going to jump right back into the next thing, which would be, you know, Liam, the in-season tournament. You know, this has been something that uh, has, uh, it's been pretty hotly debated for a little while now. And uh, there's a wide range of opinions. You know, if you go on Twitter, Instagram, you know, every comment's different from the next. So it's, it's. It's definitely something worth worth talking about. You know, it's 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 a little hard to dissect as it has never really been done in uh, the NBA for all the fans to see. But you know, it's a good idea. So let's let's jump right into it. So the in season tournament would have a one million dollar prize pool uh, for the winner. Uh, it'd be in the middle of the season, and then Liam, I'm not sure would it would it uh, it would kind of decide playoff seeding or. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of more of just another competitive way to play more basketball and draw more fan interest, but also an incentive for the players to make a little more money. Right, right. So, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it'd be like a role player would kind of get a nice uh, chunk added to his contract or something like that, or could it be like LeBron and Curry or whatever just getting a more on top of the pile. But um, anyway, so there's it's a $1 million prize pool. And uh, for this freedom to happen, it would have to be – have backing from the National Basketball Players Association and at least two-thirds of the NBA's 30 teams. So while it's a good idea, it's kind of still in its infant stages. It hasn't been totally approved yet, but it is uh, it is being talked about right now. Um, so I think, I think that you can go a lot of different ways with this. And the most interesting to me is I think this could be an opportunity for the NBA to try out different, you know, different rules to kind of change the game a little bit because the NBA game currently is very exciting, but in my personal opinion, there could be a few things done to kind of make it more... Uh, I don't know, just to change it up from how it's been the past 10-ish years, you know, and just tr- tr- try new things like other leagues try. You know, I know in the basketball tournament league, they do the Elam ending, which I have a lot to say about. Uh, so the quick definition of the Elam ending is when you play up to a score inst- and then you turn off the shot clock. So I know they did in the All-Star game, William, uh, with... Uh, you know, after Kobe Bryant tragically passed away, rest in peace, Kobe. But they played up to 24 points added to the winning team score, and it ended up being one of the best Oscars games of all time. So that, the games, the last two seasons, the, I mean, the very first one was some of the best basketball I have seen in a while. I, I will, Agreed. I will admit. Um, but in terms of, I know you'll you'll give you kind of your two cents on it. Yeah. But for me, I'm I'm not in favor of it. Just and I love it in the All Star game. I think. It's great for the All-Star game. I think it stays in the All-Star game. I don't think it should be for regular basketball, though. I think because it's more of like a, that that pickup atmosphere. Like when you go to the, when you go to the park with your boys, you know, you, you yeah. go. On, it's a nice nice summer day. You're going going to play some basketball, and you play 21. Uh, you play up to 21. There's no there's no clock. There's nothing, and you just play. But it's it's tough. Like when I, when I play, I'm I'm on, I'm on the basketball team at IC yeah. uh, here, and I I like I feel like. You need those. You need a clock. You need that because 
and that doesn't happen often, but the, the buzzer beaters, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like that is that is so like I I'll go on YouTube and just watch like buzzer beating highlights, like stuff like that's so fun to me. And I feel like that would be taken away kind of with this because you wouldn't have that countdown and you wouldn't have that clock and kind of the work. In essence, the world runs on the clocks. Like everything is timed. Our show is timed right now. Everything is timed. <laughs> so that's why I think it should be. It should stay kind of normal in the NBA. But the Elon rule keep adding it to the All Star game because I think that is great. Right. Right. Um, so I'm gonna take a different stance. I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. Uh, I have, you know, obviously you're on the IC team here. Go Barmers, obviously. But um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so I. Me personally, I am uh, strongly in favor of an Elon. I don't want to say for I, I'm not going to go as far to say for like every NBA game yet. It's because it be a game yet. It's because it be a game yet. It's because still kind of a new concept. But just the idea of you know just the basic foundational idea of turning off the clock and making it a defense battle as opposed to you know foul 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 foul. Like I'm not really trying to see just people walk back and forth free throw line to free throw line for the last. 30-ish seconds of a game. I want to see if a team can execute defensively and kind of get the X's and O's down in a late-game situation. I think that proves who can elevate their game to you know, even an even higher level when it matters most, you know, as Max Kellerman would say. Uh, Max right? Kellerman. Yeah, Max Kellerman, rest in peace on first take. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so um, I get from a college, uh, you know, a um, from a college basketball player's, like, like, like yourself's standpoint, how it could kind of take away from how basketball has always been played. But I just think if people stopped for a second and think about, thought about it, I mean, we all love, you know, crunch time blocks, crunch time fadeaway jumpers, whatever it is. And, you know, we don't really see a lot of that high-level high, high level defense. Why? Because of the clock. The clock takes away a lot of those elements that I think would attract many more people. And as we saw, the All-Star game had its highest rating in years the past two years because, why, of the Elam ending. And those teams were forced to play. I mean, Kyle Lowry took a charge on James Harden to save the game in an All-Star game, which is something I never thought I'd say. So I think that's my main point with, you know, why it, made, it would work. I won't lie. You're, you're a little convincing right now. <laughs> You just said, like, really sit down and actually kind of realize what yeah. the rule actually does. And I literally just did that for that, that 22nd time. I actually might change my opinion. I really might. Because <laughs> you, think, you think you're coming down. I mean, at the end of the games, obviously, during the season, it's not as competitive as, as say, the playoffs or even the All-Star game because you have that kind of incentive if you win. Right. But it, it really is basketball at its finest. I, I think I'm going to change my opinion, honestly. Like, if, if really, if you... Because it comes a pickup. When, when, because I like I love playing pickup. Me too. When you're playing 21 and it's 19, 19, 19, like next point wins type of thing. Yeah, you, the, the energy just goes up. Like especially if if someone's scoring a lot of points, you are gonna hound that defense. You're just gonna you're gonna follow them everywhere, everywhere, and it gets that it gets basketball going. And I I like your I like your opinions on it. I really think if if you sit down like you just said yeah. and realize, that I think fans I think fans would enjoy that more honestly. Yeah, and it's just uh, you know glad glad I got you to come over to this side, but but um, I just think that uh, a big part of the NBA that's been lacking since I'd say the '90s about is uh, you know that uh, high quality defense down the stretch because we we're all used to you know the you know game winners uh, you know passes like whatever it is you know just those plays on offense that make either make or break a team. But what fans haven't really been accustomed to, and I think they could be, is the def- on the other side of the ball. I mean, half of the game, I don't want to say half, but roughly half of the game is on defense. And everyone always calls it the less glamorous side of the ball. Well, why, why? Why does it have to be the less glamorous side? Why can't it be equally? You know, a block, a block can be more impactful than a game-winning jump shot if you're up by one. Oh, my God, absolutely. Just t- right. take, for example, Giannis's block on uh, against the Suns. Yeah, on I, Aiton, yeah. I forget, that, that was like... What game was that? Like it was game, game six. Six, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, that was one of the best plays I've ever seen. Like, not not defensive plays. That's one of the best just overall plays in basketball I've ever seen. Yeah. And when, when you see a good defender, I think of, like, guys like like Tony Allen. Um, Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah. Paul George back yeah. in his day. He's not not necessarily anymore. But And the, and the new guys, Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell at Baylor, was, was it a, he was a menace. He, Absolute menace. He, was, he gets all up in you. And I love watching that. And as a teammate of a player like like that, that's what gets me more hyped than than a, than a dunk. Maybe honestly, like like if you're all up in, a, in someone's grill, especially a, a good player, and you 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 pick them up full court, you're pressing them. 
and you rip, and you like rip him and you finish like that. That gets me hype as a player like, watching that. Like George Sikoriak. How about George that? is a dog. Yeah, perhaps. Right, right, George Sikoriak. Right, right. I don't know if he's listening, but I don't know if he is either. But George, you are uh, you like Patrick the Patrick Beverly? Of, yeah, of he's the had some great. He had. I remember one play. Um, we were playing Bard, I think, yeah. and uh, we had a turnover, and George ran. From the from the whole length of the court, I think Seabass, Sebastian Alderete was yeah. was at half court, and George was on the opposite free throw line. He ran past Seabass all the way, like he ran he probably ran a four one. He's faster than Usain Bolt right there, and he, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he blocked the kid's shot. Literally, stuff like like that's a defensive play, but it's one of the first plays that comes to my mind when I think of our like season. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just get back to the Elmo for a second. That this is something that's missing. You know, it's it's just it's not there. And I I just want the young kids of today. I mean, it's fun to watch Steph Curry bomb forty foot threes and Giannis to dunk on everybody. But the honest truth is that ninety nine point nine percent of people will never be able to do that. I'm sorry, that's just it's just nobody can shoot like Steph Curry. Yeah. He's a one one in literally one billion type of guy. So, but you know what? Everyone, almost everyone, can do, or at least way more people play good defense. Way more people can play. That, that's just the truth. I mean, that's just how, how it works. I mean, you can move your feet and keep your hands up and have high basketball IQ a lot easier than you can bomb a 40-foot three. Totally right. agree. Take, taking yeah. pride, if you take so. pride on defense, it is a beautiful, beautiful part of the game. Like when you see guys um, like rotating around, like say, say um, so one guy gets broken down on the, on the defense yeah. and your teammate comes and helps D and then, and then you switch – like there's so there's beauty in rotational defense. Like we played, we I was playing pickup the other day with my team, and we're, we're still getting to know each other, all the freshmen. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're just being basketball players. And if someone gets beat on defense, you help that, and then you move, and then you move, and then you step in, and you're always helping, you're always moving, and you're always talking. And there is it's it's a lot like uh, like like moving the ball, like exactly. when, you, when you're passing around. Like that's beautiful when you when you're also a defender when you're cutting off people when you're diving on the ground for loose balls, I, I that is a joy to watch. I uh, I actually really like your comparison to uh, moving the ball around the horn because it's like, you know, if you if you're yeah I don't know if you watched any of the summer league I don't I don't, I don't know a little bit yeah yeah so uh, something that the Knicks always did in the summer league was they had I don't know if you're familiar with Miles McBride and uh, oh, from West Virginia exactly yeah. and Quinn Grimes, uh, Quinn Grimes yep. the two picks they are like the most their nose on the ball on defense. I'm so glad we picked them up because they were just so fun. I mean, when the other team was swinging the ball around the perimeter, they would Miles McBride would literally be running laps around the three point line with the ball. So, and that's all, and honestly, that's fun to watch. As equally as fun to watch, if not sometimes more than uh, you know, uh, you know, let's say a team like the Warriors or the Spurs moving the ball around. Yeah. So I, I, I just, totally agree. Right. So I just think with you know, just to like kind of get back to the Elam ending for a second. The Elam ending would emphasize that. A lot more than you know, all the way, you know, inbound foul, foul, just have to foul, have to foul, hope for a miss, foul, foul, foul. It's just, so it's just like it's just boring. That's not basketball. That's just stopping the clock. That the whole problem is the clock late, late in the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, and that's just another example. Even though I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting away from the Elam ending, but like you take like LeBron's block. Are you kidding me? In Game Seven, like that defensive play, like he. Like past Iguodala, oh, up for a layup, blocked by LeBron, uh, like, blocked by, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like that's like, that's just the, that's one of the best plays of all time outside of defense. And it, like at the end of the game, if you have a target score, in your defender, you you are going to do everything in your power to get a stop. And and, and and here's the thing, you know, you can't foul, right? Because if you do, they go to the line, yeah. Right, so it's literally it it flips the script. It goes from having to foul, like like no matter what, to Actually, you can't foul no matter what. So it's it's an interesting idea, and I'm curious to see what they, what the league and what Adam Silver kind of wants to keep changing. Because right. again, like you said, the All Star Game most views it's ever had. It's it's the most competitive game I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you, you have the most talented players in the world, literally playing yeah. playing a pickup basketball game, and it's just so fun to watch. And uh, one other, just to transition a little bit, because uh, we've been talking about the Elon for a little while. Uh, the Another idea I had for this tournament, or a, not my idea, but an idea that I saw in my research for this was uh, there's the geographical separation of games, so something like the California Classic. So it'd be like, you know, as we know, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, or the Texas Triangle, Spurs, Rockets, Mavericks. So it could be, you know, there's a lot of different ways the NBA can market this uh, to its younger generation. And I'd really love to see something like, you know, the four California teams just battle it out because people always like the attention is always on the Lakers and the Warriors. But sometimes I feel like the Clippers and the Kings are 
kind of slept on, but yeah. they're they're both like le- you know super legit NBA franchises with some really good players. Right, and also like to talk about uh, more rules like the four point line and, yeah. and maybe a shorter shot clock, like you mentioned. I think last week we were talking. So like if you have this in season tournament, you have a, it's like a trial and error. You see what's works, you exactly. see what doesn't, and then if you want to move it to the to the actual like either the playoffs and the regular or the regular season, you can. You again you you try out things. If they don't work, don't do it. If yeah. they do work, add it. And uh, I know that the NBA kind of uses the G League as its uh, platform to do this, but I don't think that you know use the G League as a platform to test out rule changes. But I don't think that should be the standard moving forward because. One nobody really watched. Let's be honest. Nobody. I've watched. never seen a G League game. I've never wa- sat down and watched a G League. I mean, I've been to a Westchester Knicks game, but that's just because they live like twenty minutes from my house. All right, they play twenty minutes from my house. But um, nobody watches that, and it's not really accurate, or it doesn't really like represent what the the fans and the actual NBA players like. No offense to G League players, but what higher level NBA players want, right. you have to test it in games where people care. You can get opinions from all basketball minds that like watch NBA games and. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say it, but I'm just going to say it. Like, NBA players, not G League players. Yeah. And, and the yeah. fans the fans will see it more, too. Like, there's not a lot of fandom no, in the G League. Yeah. No, no, not, not, not at all. And uh, I think fan feedback, uh, I, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but fan feedback for me is very important. So valuable. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, I I know we always, we always you know, our, us NBA heads always, like, we always say it's it's a player's league, you know, player-driven league, players bring in this, players, players. It, it, well, and it is true the NBA more than the NFL is a player-driven <laughs> league, but um, I do think uh, fan feedback is critical. Absolutely. Right. All right, so um, uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I just hope that it happens. Uh, I'd love to see a shakeup and something new to root for. Uh, you know, I would love to root for my Knicks in, in the in-season tournament if they happens to happen. But if it doesn't, you know, I'm excited for the season either way. And uh, yeah, um, I hope the Elam, the Elam ending is more widely accepted with the uh, with college basketball, high school basketball. I think eventually it's going to become. I don't know. This might be a bold take, but I think eventually it might become the standard for all basketball. Eventually, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking like decades down the line. But like, okay. but uh, I do like the idea of it. You know, I I am really getting sick as just as a basketball purist. I'm getting sick of the fouling in the end of yeah. games. I, I think it's more so. it's more in, in NBA, not necessarily college basketball. True. So I don't know. Maybe it might not be a, like the Elon ending might not be a rule that the college College uh, yeah. goes to. Right. But it is like all the hack a shack stuff. Like that's. That's not basketball. Like all, all the, that's not that's not how you play the game of basketball. That's not how we were taught to play basketball. Like it, it's just not. And I will give NBA credit; they are trying to change, change that. I think uh, after the NBA finals got done, uh, I was tweeted out that they're trying to get rid of like non-basketball moves, which is big. Which is I I love that idea because you see that guys like Trey Young, who you're probably not a fan of because he yeah uh, destroyed I your Knicks. I don't like that kid. Yeah. <laughs> When he's he like will go by you and then he'll like lean back and shoot it, like that's that's not that's not a basketball move and he shouldn't get. It's called gaming the refs. Yeah, like, that's what it is. I, I don't like that at all. I don't like yeah. watching that and it's not fun and it just takes away from the, from the pure art of the game of basketball, which we all enjoy to watch. Right. So uh, something else that's not fun, just to kind of change gears a little bit here. Something else that's really not fun is uh, fumbling the bag yeah. on eighty-four million dollars. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. oh. that's that's you know uh, you just mentioned something being not fun. You know Dennis Schroeder's uh, money, his bank account is not having a good time. So just let's, let's just recap a little here. So Dennis Schroeder earlier in the season, you know he was the starting point guard with LeBron and AD on the Lakers, the Laker team that lost to the Phoenix Suns uh, of last season. Uh, he was offered in. Uh, I'm going to repeat this for the all the listeners. Eighty four million dollar extension. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Eighty four million for Dennis Schroeder. Anyway, he was offered an $84 million, I believe, over four years with the Lakers. It was in the beginning of the season, too, right? I don't think it was the beginning. I think it was uh, sometime in midseason. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was at the very beginning, but it was at sometime midseason. Uh, he was offered the contract, and he declined. Um, so this has been one of the, uh, in my opinion, best uh, stories to kind of dissect because it, it does open up a can of worms here that it's like, you know, why would you turn it down? Did you have another offer on the table? What were you hoping to get? And, you know, just to kind of... Uh, finalize this a little bit. He got a six million dollar contract from the Boston Celtics, so we're talking about a seventy nine, a seventy eight, seventy eight million dollar loss for 
I mean, what a really good role player. I mean, start, I would say starting quality guard, starting caliber, starting point caliber guard, point, yeah. but not, not nothing, nothing at you know, not, nothing extraordinary, but starting caliber. Seventy-eight million dollars, really, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, really, Dennis Schroeder's agent is, uh, is, is an idiot, rolling, yeah, right, not good. So my, I'm just my two cents on this. Um, I think that in today's climate, especially after COVID, especially knowing that teams are can switch up on you in like five seconds, you need to take the money when offered, no matter what. I don't care what your situation on the team is. I don't care if the team is rebuilding. I, I, I honestly, I, I, the, the context really, unless it's something absolutely, you know, I, I don't want to speak for these players because they have their own lives and stuff, but unless the context is absolutely insane, take the money. Take the bag while you have it, you know? so Yeah, I mean, especially, like, it's tough for us to say, oh, you should take that money because we're college kids and I would take $1 million. I'd take a dollar. Yeah. A dollar. <laughs> so if, if I was handed $84 million, I would think, I would accept it like none, like it was nothing. Um, absolutely. But, but Dennis Schroeder, I mean, I will give him credit. He tried to bet on himself. He wanted, I think he wanted the, um, that kind of like that $100 million contract, which, which guys, the NBA is crazy now with, with kind of their TV deals and everyone, if you're an average NBA player, you're going to make a lot of money. And I think Dennis Schroeder is a little better than average. And he was trying to, he was trying to get that, that maybe a hundred plus million dollar contract. And it just, it just didn't work out. But $84 million. Right. Right. How, how much do you think he thought he could get? I okay, so I I read uh, when that happened that when he turned it down, he's he was hoping for a one hundred fifteen over five. Oh my god! Which is like at that point, that just reminds me of uh, Dak Prescott turning down thirty five a year. Or something. Right. It's just like like why like you're I mean you, you know you're going to be overshadowed by LeBron and AD and like like even if you have the a, a career year. The storyline out of Los Angeles will not be Dennis Schroeder has it's going to be LeBron and AD failed to get past the first round. Exactly. So that already hits takes a hit to your market value, and knowing post COVID, you know when everything's starting to get ramped back up again, you're going to turn down in a guaranteed eighty four million. And I don't even think this is like something like let's say I don't know like Tyler Hero or you know you know R J Barrett or some young player with loads of potential. This is. Dennis Schroeder, we know how good he is. We know his value already. It's not like he's going to get exponentially better. Right, you know what you're going to get from him. Absolutely. He, like I said, he's a, he's a starting caliber point guard. And right. he, he's on the Lakers, who just won the championship. You have LeBron. You have AD. You Westbrook have now. Yeah, Westbrook. Yeah. But he, I mean, this is before Westbrook. But still, yeah, right, right. He had AD and LeBron, two of the best players in the NBA. And you get you could have gotten $84 million on one of the best teams in the NBA. Like, I, I don't, I would have loved to have, I would love to have talked to him. Like it's, obviously, it's not going to happen because he's Dennis Schroeder and I'm Liam Spellman and I don't have that uh, that authority. But he, like, does he really think, like, he's not even going to do that much because the focal point of the offense was always going to be LeBron and AD. Right. And, and uh, now, uh, just to talk about his, his, fit, his fit in Boston, um, he's with Tatum and Brown and uh, he's going to be another third banana. Exactly. Great. So you just go to a team that's worse to be a worse third banana. So, anyway... Um, so I just think the moral of the story really is to take the money when offered. Um, you know, there has been some situations where players have where it does work out, where yeah. it does. But I, it seems to me at a base level that those stories are less often than the ones that are like, okay, you got you got offered a big contract and you didn't take it. I agree, right? Especially because God forbid you get hurt too. Right. And, and the, the, Liam, that's actually a perfect segue into the other part of this conversation, which is Nolan's Noel, uh, a New York Nick. By the way, shout out. I, I don't know if all these anyone listening watches the Knicks, but shout out Nolan's Noel. He holds down the paint every single game for the Knicks. You know, one of the most underrated defensive centers in the league. I, I, I love him. Glad he's back. Go, I'm a big fan of his. So go Nolan's. But uh, anyway, just get back to before. Um, he was offered uh, 40. This is back in 2017. So this predates Schroeder by quite a bit. But he was offered a four year. $70 million contract by uh, the Dallas Mavericks in 2017. Rich Paul, his agent at the time, told him uh, told him to turn it down. He did. Three months later, he breaks his thumb. Next summer, he signs for $3 million, about $2.53 million on a one-year qualifying offer. So, uh, Liam, I just want to ask you, because this is one of the biggest, I'd say one of the biggest stories of the summer outside of free agency. Is this contract situation Rich Paul or Nolan's Noel's fault? Yeah, um, I think both both play a factor. I would lean more towards Nerns Noel. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, $70 million. Like, you shouldn't, like, obviously you have an agent. You pay your agent to give you advice. But for me, at least, I'm not as big of a fan as Nerns Noel as you are. 
like again, yeah. like, like, did he expect to get more money? That's what I well like seventy million dollars for Nerns Noel. I feel like that's that's pretty dang good. That's that's the best he might get in his right. career. So that's why I would, I would accept that like that, and especially like like a guy's like I think you'll talk about this as well. But like Rich Paul, Rich Paul, he's like the only he, he's a super everyone agent. everyone knows Rich Paul pretty much. Yeah. Everyone. Like, who's it? Scott Boris, the other agent in the MLB. Those are, like, the two agents I know. In terms of, <sighs> Scott But, Boris, like, you yeah. know, if you know an agent, you know that they have a lot of clients. And Rich Wall has guys like LeBron, AD. I think he's got Trey Young as well. So he that doesn't sounds, have as yeah. much um, kind of love. I want to say love. But he, he just doesn't take into consideration that, oh, maybe I, I do have neurons to why. I should probably listen to him a little more. But I do have LeBron. I do have AD. Trey Young is calling me now, too. And Ben Simmons, oh. Yeah. Ben Simmons is definitely calling Rich Paul right now <laughs> to figure out where, where the heck he's going. But yeah. it, in terms of why I'm saying this, because Rich Paul maybe didn't have as much factored in to what Noel wanted to, and maybe didn't have enough conversations to figure out what Noel actually wanted. So that's why I kind of, I kind of would. It's a little bit of Rich Paul's fault, but Noel, you have to, you have to know yourself, know what you want, and just oh, if my agent says don't take it, ask, ask him to challenge him, see, see what else he could get. But I think in Nerds of Wolf, I was in your take, I would have took the 70 mil. Yep. And uh, you know that Drake bar, know yourself, know your worth? Yeah. Yeah, you know that bar. That, that, that uh, really applies. Speaks perfectly. It does because um, you you just – players need to uh, – you know, again, I don't want to sound like I'm doing an editorial or trying to offer my opinion on these players' life and where they're going with it because you know, everybody's their own man and woman and everything else, all, all that. But I just will say, though um, – if you're Nerlens Noel and you know you didn't really live up to your draft pedigree out of the draft, then you kind of you know get your career back on track with the Mavericks and now with the Knicks. Uh, I just don't understand the motivation between behind turning down seventy million. I mean, I will say Rich Paul did play a factor, and Rich Paul probably had more important things on going on at the time. You know, LeBron's always on this, the phone with him, as we know, AD, Trey Simmons, and all of his other clients. So. I, I will say there was maybe an element of, um, you know, breach. I don't want to say I don't know if it's a breach of fiduciary duty or negligence or ignorance or wh- like or wh- whatever it is. But I don't know if Rich Paul was the best agent for Noel at the time, just because of the fact that let's be honest, Noel, as far as you know, because agents are paid by commission, the right. amount of the, the, they're they're paid a certain percentage of how much the player makes. So the richer the contract, you know, the more the agent is more likely to make to down going you know several years in, down the line. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it a little more, it's a little more evenly split than I was originally to admit, but I will also agree with you, Liam, that it is kind of more on Noel's side to, to kind of take kind of priority and take the initiative to say, you know what, Rich Paul, I, I, I respect your advice. You've been in this game for a while, but at the same time, I'm at best a very good role, role playing center and I'm going to take the money. Right. No, he, no, he's a solid role so. player. $70 million is role players. Very good, and he's. That's not even role player money. That's 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 like star that's, money. That's like borderline star yeah. money. Yeah, that, that's like yeah, like you're yeah. you're an all star pretty much. That's all star money. Yeah, but he yeah. and as well, like you, you mentioned earlier, how he kind of hasn't lived up to to his draft, and uh, he he was regarded as the next Anthony Davis. You remember that coming out of, coming out of Kentucky? Yeah, I think he, yeah. did he go like six overall? He I went think? he went six uh, to Philly, and then they. No, no, no. Six to New Orleans, then they traded him to Philly right. for Drew Holiday. But yeah. he was a little banged up because he could have been like the top pick. Oh, um, he could have been, but he, he, he. I think he slipped. Could be he slipped because of injuries. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you have an injury history. You know, you haven't kind of been as successful as as p- other people and yourself thought. So why not take the seventy million now? Like, take take the seventy million dollars now. How old is he? Uh, Twenty twenty-eight, I believe. Nerlens Noel. Uh, Nerlens Noel. I got this right here. Nerlens Noel is twenty-seven. Okay. So he he still has several prime and uh, as, so, as I got. But that, back in twenty seventeen, uh, he was four years younger, so he was like he was like twenty. Yeah. Twenty-three. So you take the seventy million dollars, and then maybe you get a hundred million dollars in the next four years. That's what I'm saying. So you right? can use that contract as a springboard. Exactly. And plus, even if the contract you don't live up to it, so what? You have the money, right? You know, like like this, like the. I just I I I don't, I don't understand because it, I think it speaks to a little bit like I don't want to say greed, but like sort of this expectation that you're just going to get this lavish contract at right. any point. But teams aren't obligated to give anyone. And in fact, as we know. 
teams be sw- teams are switching up more than ever now. Yeah. So it's just like I, I I don't know. And honestly, Rich Paul, like you need to do a little bit of a better job, kind of representing these guys at a at the same level. Like I understand with a commission aspect, you won't make as much, and it's not as much worth your time, but. These guys are still signing signing with you. Right. You know, so there still should be an onus on Paul, at least somewhat, to, I don't know, just make sure, look out for these guys' best interests. Yeah. It is tough for us as Ithaca College students to, to judge these super agents and NBA players. Right. But, I mean, like, again, $70 million for, for a good role player. Is, is really good, and I don't think he would have gotten any better. Right, and it's, it's, it's easier to understand where Noel's coming from because, you know, he was in college just like us, obviously at a much, much higher level than right. as far as a national stage. But uh, he's, truthfully, if you take a big step back and look at the bigger picture, he's just a, mid, a late 20s-year-old, or at the time, early 20s kid trying to get money. And his, Paul, his Rich Paul, his agent's like, you know what? Nah, hold off. And then he gets hurt. And that's it for that. So yeah. I mean, he kind of jeopardizes chances. So I just think the moral of this story, Liam, is uh, when players are offered, you know, something even for, you know, you know, the Knicks have handed out some awful contracts throughout the years. But, you know, the thinking was right. I mean, they had a good season and they wanted to reward the player for that. And Julius Randle just got a $120 million contract. He deserves it. I'm, I'm happy, we locked, happy we locked him up. So I just think that uh, players should take it when, uh, when, when offered. I agree. Right. So we're going to head to a quick commercial break here on VIC, Share the Rock. Uh, don't go anywhere, though, when, when we're back in a very, very short time. Liam and I are going to talk about the L.A. Clippers finally getting their new arena, getting away from their, uh, frankly, bully older brother, L.A. <laughs> Lakers. So kick it here right here on VIC. We'll be right back. Get out, guys. My parents are home. What's going on here? You're not mad at me for throwing a party? No, sweetie. We're just mad that you guys don't know how to party. Listen to Songs Your Dad Likes every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. on VIC Radio. Tune in to VIC Radio every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear more songs your dad likes. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. Yo, 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 Share the Rock, VIC Radio. Right back to your ears, your daily basketball, or weekly basketball every Sunday. Welcome back. Let's get right back into it, Liam. So uh, I just want to, as we were talking about before, uh, I want to talk to you about the Clippers opening their new arena in Inglewood. And uh, a quick side, uh, quick side before we jump into this, uh, I did find out that they're not going to be playing there for a few more seasons. So just wanted to let you know that I'm sure you you saw that as well. But they're not going to be uh, the the arena is done, I believe, or close to done. But they're not the they're not going to officially move there next season at least. But um, anyway, we can still talk about the impact. Um, so it's going to be called the Intuit Dome in Inglewood uh, that they will now call home at some point after their departure from the Staples Center where, as I said before, the, uh, the big brother bully Lakers play. And they've kind of just zapped their fan base of any Clipper fans, if that even if that term even is, exists, Clipper, Clipper, Los Angeles Clipper fan. Uh, so, uh, you know, the first thing I wanted to talk about is what do you think – you know, from for just as a basketball watcher, you know they're on TNT a lot, stuff like that. Do you think that uh, the new arena in Inglewood, being away from the Lakers, is going to have an, an actual tangible impact on the team itself? I absolutely agree. I think you allude to, excuse me, you allude to it right there about uh, the Lakers being the bully. They, when you think of LA, you think of Staples Center, you think of the Lakers. 
Then you probably think of the LA Kings in terms of the hockey team because they're very good. Clippers haven't won anything. They have no banners up there. Zero. I think I think um, either it's either Billy Joel or Bruce uh, Springsteen has more banners than the Clippers do up that's in the true. center. That's true. I mean that that's just that's embarrassing as a Clippers organization and, and <laughs> who has had good teams the last decade. Uh, obviously with Chris Paul and now and now Kawhi now, but they they need their new identity. Identity. They need to be their own team in their own arena. They've been overshadowed by the Lakers for forever. And I think Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, talked about it. He said, uh, "We'll be building our own presence and identity with the new arena." And I and I couldn't agree more. They've needed this change years ago. And I think in a couple of years it will be good for them. And I'm very excited to see their own. Own or their own just arena with the Clippers name and maybe a few banners will come of that. Just the Clippers, no more Lakers. Right, and uh, I know I kind of make fun of and uh, clown on the Clippers because they've had uh, they've had some very impressive teams mid 2010s. You know, you got Chris Paul, Redick, Matt Barnes, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal Crawford. Lob City, yeah, Lob, yeah, the Lob City Clippers. It's honestly, they had the talent. I'd say from 2012 to about about when the Warriors dynasty started to win a championship. That's, that's that team perfect. is is a was a total letdown. They that team had championship aspirations, all of them. So I I, I I don't know. Just the fact that they finally made their first conference finals after early years of just being you know choked a three one lead last year in the bubble. You know, did you know the Clippers also choked a three one lead in 2015 in Houston? Yep, I, I forgot about that because that was. Yeah. Chris Paul and then James right, James Harden was still with the Rockets, right? Yeah, it was, it was James Harden and uh, James Harden didn't even have another crazy. I was gonna say, it, yeah, it was what, like, that's the whole thing with Chris Paul, which is another conversation for another day. But he, yeah. he just he's not a winner, and he never he never has been. And as of last year, I don't think he ever will be. Yeah, I mean, he made it to the finals this past year, but. I think I don't know if he's going to ever be back there, back be back again. Right. But uh, anyway, just get back to the Clippers. I think that this is a stroke of genius for the Clippers because you know you finally get out of the arena that the Lakers play in, and there was literally Laker jerseys at Clipper games that even when they didn't play the Lakers, oh, yeah, people would just be in LA. All right, let's just go to the Staples Center just with the, my Lakers jersey on. That's what it seemed like at least. Yeah. Um, so I just think that uh, you know this is a great move for Ballmer and the Clippers because they they. Tr- Honestly, in truth, they do need to grow their fan base. You know, outside of LA, I really don't think that nationally they get a ton of you know, like, uh, on, 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 like they got the most attention they got this past year because they went to the conference finals. But they right. don't really get recognition because, let's be honest, the California, the state of California, you know, minus the Warriors, is a Lakers state. Everyone knows the Los Angeles Lakers. That's like basically the the one of the most iconic sports teams in the world, right. Los Angeles Lakers. So the Clippers get just to just getting geographically away from the Lakers will do wonders just for their uh national like their international recognition. Couldn't could not agree more. I think right. I think another part of their kind of not kind of presence maybe outside of the Lakers is their star, Kawhi Leonard, is not very vocal guy. He's, he kind of sticks to himself. Silent, yeah. P- people, I mean, he's a household name because he's Kawhi Leonard. He's one of the best basketball players in the world. But you don't really know much about him. And he, he, that's different. Like, say a guy like, like Russell Westbrook. 